Green Left Weekly Radio. There is one newspaper that is independent of powerful interests, and that's Green Left Weekly. It's a people's voice committed to human and civil rights, environmental sustainability, democracy and equality. It presents ideas mainstream media won't. It's the leading source of local, national and international news analysis and discussion and debate to strengthen the anti-capitalist movements. It exposes the lies and distortions of the power brokers and helps us to better understand the world around us. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Green Left Weekly radio show this morning. And we have Dennis. Yep, uh, yep, right here. And Fergal. Good morning, comrades. (laughs) Comrades, listeners. (laughs) Unfortunately, one of our our dear comrades, Zane, couldn't make it today because he is unfortunately stuck with a flu in bed. So... uh, Let's hope, let's hope that uh, he can have a speedy recovery and be back on uh, 3CR's Green Left Weekly in no time. Okay. Now, yeah. we're going to start today being the um, 11th of September. Dennis is going to say something about this day. That is yes, yes. Not special, but important. No, very, yeah, very important. Of course, uh, how, how can any of us uh, forget the, uh, a, 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 day, a day on which a terrible... Uh, Terror, uh, or basically, a terrorist attack took took place all those all those years ago. That led to the loss of thousands of lives and an ushering in of a uh, new terror regime. I am talking, of course, about the September 11, 1973, when the popular when the popular unity government led by the socialist president Salvador Allende was overthrown in a fascist junta led by Augusto Pinochet. And since then, uh, since, uh, t- since then Chile has been, f- has been fighting a, uh, a, a, a battle for, for the recovery of its uh, pride, dignity, and, and democracy. And, uh, t- and today, to start off uh, the, um, program, the, the program, we are going to play to you a very special song called uh, not all the people actually know that this song's name is is popular unity or la unidad popular that was actually broadcast on this very day 42 years ago in the main radio station of santiago de chile called materianos mm. so i'm going to play just maybe half of it because it's it's a very long song yeah mm, okay yes, but it's here worth, we go Yes, indeed. I was. Uh, I forgot to mention this was done by Banda Basori, which is a anti-fascist communist punk band from Italy that did a re, uh, um, sorry, uh, did their own version of uh, that song. But if anyone, if anyone else wants to download it or listen to it, as I said before, it's La Unidad Popular or Popular Unity. Yes, that was Go. a very feisty song. That's for sure. <laughs> Good start of the morning with a bit of brightness kicking. Okay, news yes. guys, let's go. Yes, and speaking of speaking of brightness, we did mention to you last uh, week that uh, Naomi Klein did a wonderful tour of Australia. Yes, but uh, what we did, uh, I think we may have forgotten to mention, is all the well, her well, her well, she. she She's she's come to Melbourne, but she but she also went to the Melbourne, the Festival of Dangerous Ideas in Sydney, where she put in a very a very memorable quote, which I'm gonna actually gonna read out. Do that. 
The economic system we have, which is very brutal, is failing us on a lot of different fronts. It's prescribing absolutely untenable austerity on large parts of the world. It's waging war on labor rights, on pensions, on social services. I mean, this is why people are rising up in Europe and electing anti-austerity governments. That, that, was her, that was during her address in the Festival of Dangerous Ideas. And she also talked about capitalism. She named mm, it. Absolutely. As giving people permission to say, this is a system that is mm. destroying the world and therefore it's going to end up destroying people. It's capitalism, which is absolutely wonderful. Opens up the great conversation. Mm. And uh, speaking, and also, also uh, staying on the uh, on the issue of defending the environment and uh, our climate, the protesters tell AJL to stop fracking. So hundreds of hundreds of people from across New South Wales gathered outside AGL headquarters on September second to mark the one hundredth week of a protest that first started at Camden. When, uh, when residents were angry at the AGL that, uh, for allowing the uh, fracking to take place near their homes. So the AGL first started fracking in Camden, southwestern, southwestern Sydney in 2001. And uh, Pip Hinman uh, writes here this wonderful article. And meanwhile, the Envi- Environmental Defenders Office reported the AGL has failed to provide evidence that it is p- permitted to store wastewater at the farm site near the, uh, the the coal seam gas uh, field uh, over there. Yeah, it's uh, been big in, in New South Wales. Well, well, Absolutely. Just it's uh, up the road from where I live in Queensland. Oh, wow. Been, um, well, uh, oh, not, not this one, but um, uh, what is it? Uh, Link Energy up in the Darling Downs. It's about, I opened it from Ipswich, so it's about probably, what, two hours or so away from me. Mm. But um, what is it? The, what? Three or four hundred square kilometers of land, permanently contaminated by coal seam mm. gas. You know, mm-hmm. like the, the people are being told, you know, farmers can't dig to any deeper than two meters uh, down for fear of like cause you know leaks and explosions, and mm. you can't you know dig Poison. down. Mm-hmm. Um, the soil's permanently acidified. Um, they can't drink the water, and this stuff is terrible. And, it, and it's, no, it's actually happened. It's actually poisoning people right now yeah. in in the country. It's not. And yet, yeah, and yet, and yet, people, people still, still think, think that gas is somehow a cleaner alternative to coal. Yeah, uh, mo- moving on now. Uh, just, uh, just sort of, uh, uh, just to mention here. Of course, people have heard of the upcoming Canning by-election as uh, in the west in Western Australia. It's certainly going to be a test bit for well, a test for uh, for Tony Abbott and the Liberal Party, where, where Tony Abbott gets to keep his job, and a test for Labour to see if they're. Or if their strategy is gonna work, uh, work out, and uh, and well, basically toppling the Liberal Party government. Of course, uh, I can't say can't say that either of those parties really deserve to win. What we need is a Workers' Party to win. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> well said, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, as uh, John Rainford writes here, is the lucky country heading for a recession? As there's, uh, there's some some pretty glooming. Uh, Statistics uh, put us uh, puts he puts here in, in the article, and uh, so we're, we're seeing that um, the June growth data. Oh, sorry, yeah, the June quarter data has nominal GDP growth at one point eight percent for the 2014 um, uh, uh, fiscal year. So it's uh, actually one of the uh, one of the lowest increases. Uh, since 1961, if you exclude the uh, 1989, nine, the early 90s uh, recession, uh, and uh, 
and sort of with the slowing down of uh, of the economy in China, this is certainly po- poised to to put us into a difficult position with um, you know, for the future in both both the the mining and the minerals industry and the um, well, and and the and the uh, metals and manufacturing industry as well, of course. Now, off to, now uh, moving on to the uh, ongoing. Rail, uh, well, dispute in Melbourne of the tra- of the tram workers. Victorian government fails to stop the rail strike, writes Sue Bolton here in Melbourne. Over, over the past two weeks, the Victorian Labor government has ramped up its hostile rhetoric towards rail and tram workers fighting to defend their rights. And this has culminated in a joint legal action in the Fair Work Commission uh, taken with the Metro with Metro Trains against the Rail Tram and Bus Union in a bid to stop railway workers from taking strike action on September 4th, and it failed. On top of that, the um, the, the, tra- the tram workers and, well, basically the entire RTBU has been faced with a, uh, uh, well, with a, ra- uh, with a rampaging media, and scathing media attacks by the Murdoch, uh, wait, Murdoch Press. So the Herald, Herald Sunt printed an article in September the 4th claiming that an average train driver is paid 140,000 to drive 124 kilometers in just under four hours, oh. which is absolute bollocks. <laughs> well said, Danny. <laughs> in fact, one driver, one driver explained to Green Life Weekly that even if a driver worked the maximum overtime possible, they would not be able to earn that, that much money. And the driver also said that the average shift uh, train drivers can take is um, between 150 and 200 kilometers uh, a day. But that's yeah. just typical, I guess, of you know what big business trying to play off workers against uh, uh, big business trying to play off workers against workers, like trying to make us resent the fact that someone else is getting anywhere close to a fair deal. You know, we shouldn't be criticising train drivers for getting good wages. We should mm. be criticising companies like Metro for, um, I don't know, like, I guess, push, you know, pushing uh, unfair working conditions. I mean, it's mostly to do with rostering that the drivers are upset. That's right. Mm, it's mm, a condition. Right. It's really bad. And it's, all, and, it's, and it's also the pay rise as well. Like, the um, uh, the pay rise offered by the uh, by, by, by Metro is about is to be 14% over, over the next four years, which is probably going to be even under inflation. That's you right. Know, without, yeah. And um, okay, so just finish, finishing up uh, our series of stories on Australia, the Auckland Auckland mine faces growing opposition. Margaret Gleeson writes from Queensland. The Queensland Go- uh, Queensland Environment Department has given conditional approval for the controversial expansion of the Auckland mine, but questions about the link between political donations to the former LNP government. And their support for project remain unanswered. Oh God! Again. Yeah. Well, let's not forget that on actually on August twenty fifth, the Lockley Gate Alliance announced that it had lodged complaint to the Queensland Crime and Corruption Commission in relation to about one million dollars of political donations to the Liberal Party by the New Hope Coal, which is behind. Oh, who's behind. making the decisions? You know. <laughs> oh, well, uh, yeah. It's it's like Naomi Klein has said. Yes. In Australia, it's hard to see where the mining where the mining industry stops and where the government. Oh, sorry. Where when where the mining where it's hard to see where um, 
the mining industry ends and where the government begins. That's correct. Yes. Well put. It's a bit like Federation Square. You can't get in there. We don't know where it's public and private space. Yes. Ah, oh, sorry, sorry. Just had one last one last story here from uh, coming uh, coming from Australia. The Hutchinson Assembly workers of uh, in in Sydney and Brisbane are still standing strong against the eviction threat. Yes, good. Yeah, the community assembly outside the Hutchinson's terminal of Port Botany is holding firm against the threat by the New South Wales Port Authority to evict the gathering from entrance to the facility, and there was a similar standoff in Fishersman's Isle in um, Port of Brisbane. And the Maritime University of Australia wants federal court injunctions recently in order to, to, you know, to temporarily reinstate the sack workers while the Fair Work Australia uh, continues. And uh, uh, Paddy Gibson uh, from the Maritime Univers Union of yeah, Australia, uh, oh, sorry, no, sorry, the Joe Dickin, the Sydney Branch Assistant Secretary, said on September the 2nd that uh, we are not going anywhere. This village of struggle will continue until we win a fair result. On that note, we'll go to the mid-row. You are listening to Green Left Radio on the Friday Morning Breakfast Show, broadcast live on 3CR Radio, 855 AM digital and streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Green Left Radio is brought to you by the Green Left Weekly newspaper, providing a weekly source of alternative information which aims to inspire action to put people and the environment before profit. Subscribe to Green Left Weekly by visiting the website at greenleft.org.au or call 1-800-634-206. For new subscribers, it's only $10 for the first seven issues. And we go to an interview uh, with Dave Holmes in relation to the Kurds and what's happening in North Syria. Morning, Dave. Morning, Lali. Welcome to 3CR, 855 on our AM dial. Now, we need to talk about the the issue of PKK and the, and the petition and, and why there's a um, ban or, or the, why the PKK is proscribed. Now, before we just we just go, I want to make a quick announcement. On This Saturday, there's a rally in, this, in I think, Fed Square um, to protest the bombing of the Kurds. Um, at 10 a.m. So let's um, go with that. And then maybe you can tell us why uh, this is happening and, and explain, maybe start by explaining what is the PKK. A quick one. Okay, Lali. Well, uh, listeners may or may not know that on August 11 this year, the Abbott government relisted the Kurdistan Workers' Party, or PKK, uh, on the Australian list of terrorist organisations. There are 20 organisations, I think, and this is one, and they've maintained this uh, uh, ban. There were no public hearings, but it's been done. Uh, and um, the uh, PKK was founded in uh, Turkey in at the end of 1978. Uh, the leading figure in the group was a, a young uh, leftist called Abdullah Ocalan, and uh, this group uh, got organised over the next few years and there was a military coup, uh, people may recall, in 1980. But in 1984, the group la launched an armed insurgency. And although there were ceasefires in 93 and in 1999 to 2004, the uprising continued until uh, March of 2013 when the PKK declared its last ceasefire. 
Um, this was effectively a civil war. Uh, um, the commonly cited figure is that 40,000 people were lost their lives over that period, but it's probably considerably more in, in reality. Some 4,000 villages were um, obliterated um, and their inhabitants um, forced to move. Uh, and in fact, several million people in this period uh, moved into Western Turkey, uh, Ankara, Istanbul, other towns, looking for work and for safety. Uh, and a recent study by the government put the cost of this whole conflict at $1.2 trillion. Hmm. So you can just imagine if that it's money terrible. had been spent on improving the lives of uh, the people, uh, Turkey would be in a different, uh, would be a different place today. Hmm. And, and maybe you can briefly tell us why the PKK is proscribed and how does the government justify it? Right. Well, uh, it was first placed on the Australian list of terrorist groups in the end of 2005 by the Howard Coalition government. And um, surprisingly, it it was about a week uh, after a visit here by Turkey's then Prime Minister, he's now the President, uh, Recep Tayyip Erdogan. Um, it was relisted again by Howard uh, in 2007 and then by Labor twice under Rudd in 2009 and Julia Gillard in 2012. So mm. this is hitherto, uh, whatever people say, uh, it's been a bipartisan policy. Um, I'd urge uh, listeners to check out when they can the National Security website. Um, you can just Google that, it comes up. It's got the list of uh, banned organisations and an entry for each one. And the entry for the Kurdistan Workers' Party is very interesting. They changed it, I gather, around um, the time of the relisting on August 11. Um, previously, it made outrageous claims such as the PKK was uh, financed itself by drug running and uh, in Europe and um, prostitution rackets. I mean, there's la- that's now been dropped. Uh, possibly as a result of some of the exposure we've given it. Uh, And the petition, we ran the petition on 3CRT. Yes, there's a website uh, with an open letter uh, calling for the ban to be removed. It's liftthebanonthepkk.org, so you can go and check that out. But the new website, um, it uh, it contains a whole list of armed actions of the PKK in the last period, but it really proves nothing. Mm. Um, the uh, the uh, for ex- and also it has some very dubious claims. I mean, I should point out the Kurdish areas in the southeast of the country are not like the rest of the country. There are uh, military bases everywhere. There are um, uh, they're under a sort of a, a particular regime. Um, the Kurds are denied uh, education in the public schools in their in their mother tongue. They're forced to do everything in Kurdish. The constitution defines Turkish citizens as members of the Turkish nation, when clearly they're not. There are Kurds, there are Arabs, there are Armenians, etc., etc. Yeah, Syrians Star- and so on. So this is this is Star- this starting is to sound strangely from. familiar. You know, it's <laughs> almost like the West 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 Bank in Palestine. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. They're denying their existence. 
this uh, government website, our government website, it also makes the outrageous claim that uh, in a uh, in a one year period, the PKK has kidnapped 300 young people. Now this is a complete furphy. It's it's put out by the regime in Turkey. But what happens is, I mean, in a situation that the Kurds confront, a lot of young people are completely alienated. They think they live in a in a racist society, and they've on the, off their own bat. They've yeah. made contact with guerrillas or mm. crossed the border into the to meet up with the PKK in northern Iraq. And the, precisely the thing that's stopping them being coming back, if they want to, and being reunited with their families, is this discriminatory regime. And what's going to happen to them? Are they going to be treated as, as, as terrorists, etc.? So our, the government website just simply repeats this rubbish uh, and doesn't say one word of criticism of the regime. Everything is sheeted home to the PKK, which is just... Uh, you know, inverting reality. It's okay, Rudy. Sorry, sorry, to uh, um you there, Dave. We're running short of time, but quickly, and it's a really important issue: the chaos that's happening in Turkey today. And um, also, you want to mention the pamphlet that you're launching. Uh, well, the, Turkey is descending into a civil war type situation. It's a return to the the nineties if things aren't stopped. This is wholly due to. Uh, Erdogan and and his party, the the AKP. There were peace talks which were proceeding, uh, and they actually put out an agreement or some points to a, a ten point plan back in February this year. There was a press conference, uh, and then Erdogan uh, uh, repudiated the agreement one month later because he figured that his party was actually losing support and the HDP was gaining it. And then after the elections in June 7, where his party lost 4 million votes, he's up the ante and he's turned towards war and uh, uh, security scares and everything. And um, in order to uh, win back support uh, for the elections, which have now been set for fresh elections for November 1, um, so our demand would be stop the, the war on the Kurds and restart with good faith, the the, the uh, peace negotiations. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll just say something quickly about our pamphlet. Yes, um, do. Resistance Books has a new pamphlet just out called The Kurdish Freedom Struggle Today. I'm one of the authors, but there's lots of uh, stuff in it. And we're having a launch on September 29, 6.30pm at the Resistance Centre, Level 5, 407 Swanson Street. There'll be a uh, speaker from the Kurdish Association, Jesse Smith, a human rights lawyer here in Melbourne, will be speaking, and myself, one of the authors. So we'd urge people who are interested to come along. That'd be good. And you're from the Australians for Kurdistan Association. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm a member of the Australians for Kurdistan campaign group, uh, also a member of Socialist Alliance, and I write reasonably frequently for Green Left Weekly. Great. Thank you very much, Dave. Thanks, Lali. Bye. Bye. Okay. Yeah. Now, announcements, guys. Yes, indeed. So, uh, <clears throat> uh, just uh, oh, a couple, couple, a couple of events that are coming up. So, um, uh, as we mentioned today, it was yeah. It, today is September 11th, a commemoration of the uh, of the uh, coup in Chile and the uh, the assassination of President Salvador Allende. So today will be a commemorative event held in uh, trade in Trades Hall at 5:30 p.m. 
and also oh, and then starts off at six and six thirty p.m. with music speakers and a short film, and this will be in meeting room one at the Victorian Trades Hall and fifty four Victoria Street, uh, Carlton South, and it's initiated by friends in the Chile Solidarity Campaign and the Latin America Solidarity Network. Um, also. Um, Coming up, um, well, well, actually, well, actually, there is uh, coming up uh, tomorrow, I believe, at uh, twelve thirty p.m. There will be a rally for a rally rally for refugees at at state at state library, um, and so that, 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 that I believe that one was organized by the refugee action uh, uh, collective. Uh, collective, yeah, yeah, and. Um, Coming up on on Sunday, October the eleventh, will be the state. Well, there will be the stand up for refugees mega rally, so to speak. And this will be at uh, two p.m. also at State Library. Uh, so no turnbacks, close Manus and Naru, no border force act, and end med- mandatory detention. So this is this has been called once again called by the Refugee Action Collective and bring bringing together a whole range of uh, organizations. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Did you have anything, Fogo, to add? Um, in relation to these announcements, any no, activities? No yeah, there's there's also um, a call for daily activity around this bombing of Syria, mm. and something's happening Fed Square on a daily basis. So people should check the Facebooks and uh, websites to see what's going on. I think there's uh, around four thirty-five o'clock. The people are gathering there to try and. Um, Built up to a campaign against the bombing of uh, mm-hmm. Syria. Actually, there is one announcement. Uh, the twentieth, uh, the twentieth of um, September, the twentieth of this month. So next week on Sunday at the State Library, there's the was it the Victorians against gas fields or something like that? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. There's of course. Yeah. So maybe keep that one. In that's really mind. important one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's actually a website for that. Oh, it's a Facebook event as well. So you can easily go um, find it on the computer. I mean, the, the website. <laughs> that's what mm. I meant. All right, guys. Thanks. It's a mm-hmm. great show, and yep. we shall meet again next week. Yep. Goodbye so, from uh, from Dennis and Fergal and me, Lalita. We will be back next week at 8 o'clock. Thank you, listeners. This brings us to the end of the show. You have been listening to Friday Morning Breakfast with Green Left Radio. Green Left Radio is brought to you by the Green Left Weekly newspaper. Green Left Weekly provides a weekly source of alternative information which aims to inspire action to put people and the environment first. If you would like to subscribe to Green Left Weekly and get it delivered to your door, you can do so by visiting the website at greenleft.org.au or call 1-800-634-206. For new subscribers, it's only $10 for the first seven issues. Thank you for listening. You are tuned to 3CR Community Radio 855 Digital on the AM dial and streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Silent,